Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Regular viewers of the Under the Cost YouTube channel know, yes, I am a dedicated follower of fashion and without a shadow, the most dapper member of the Under the Cost team, which is why I've been given the honour and the privilege of passing on a special message from Stitch Fix. Now, if you don't know what Stitch Fix is, well, let me tell you. Stitch Fix is the online personal styling service, yes? where the expert stylist picks clothes just for you based on your taste, your size, your budget, and they send them straight to your door. How about that? You know, maybe one of these you just can't find the right clobber. You know, it happens to the best of us. I'm, luckily, I've got the eye, but I know there's people out there that haven't, and they need a helping hand, and that's where Stitch Fix comes in. It's really easy. All you're going to do is fill out a quick style quiz about your clothing preference on the simple-to-use website, pick your delivery date, and then it's all over to the stylist, who'll hand-select and send you five items of clothing in your preferred fit. All you're going to do then, try them on, check yourself out in mirror, bit of strutting in bedroom, and then decide which ones you want to buy. The ones you don't like, just send them back. Send the buggers back, simple as that. There's a £10 charge for the stylist, but delivery and returns are absolutely free. Dead easy, and what it does mean, no more trawling through websites, no more trawling around shop, trawling around for errors on end, no need to do that. Someone's picking your clothes out for you. They've got loads of great brands available as well, as well as their own exclusive range. You pay just £10 for the expert to pick out your gear that best suits you, and you can even, get this, you can even redeem that £10 against all the items that you decide to keep. And, get this, it gets better... If you keep all five items that they pick out for you, you get 20% off. How about that? You don't even have to subscribe if you don't want to. You can order one-off deliveries whenever you like. All you're going to do to get started with Stitch Fix today is go to stitchfix.co.uk slash kosh. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot co dot uk forward slash kosh. And get started with Stitch Fix today. Just think, when you go to quiz on Thursday with all your new clobber on, eh? Sandra and Janice at bar, hang you up. Oh, they'll burn them off you. Oh. Have you been getting your Hello Freshies in, chaps? No. No? Thursday. Be- Thursday, been- mine comes. I've been kicked off the priority list. Oh! I think you're better off answering this one, Chrissy. I had one of the treat ones this afternoon. The uh, the American brunch. The pe- oh, uh, is it? Peanut butter homemade spread with real peanuts in. 
Oh, crunchy. Crunchy. Oh, it was delightful. So is, there, is the treat days available? Yeah, the, this was like a, a top end treat one. Oh, you couldn't. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have it every day. That one. No wonder they're bit, you know, the crumpers. These Americans. Chris, you shouldn't have told him that. He's licking his lips. <laughs> so you're trying to tell me that I can have two treat days a two two treat meals a day. So I can have fourteen treat meals a, a week. It was delightful. It was yeah. Delightful. Kids absolutely. To be honest, I've got uh, I've, I've got my first uh, my first little basket coming Thursday. No. Chris, what's your favourite favorite meal you've had from there? I like the teriyaki beef. Snap. That's a good one. But that American breakfast were lovely, but like I said, I won't want to. That's on my list Thursday, by the way, the teriyaki mm-hmm. beef. That's coming yeah, Thursday. It's, it's delicious. For those who aren't already using HelloFresh, HelloFresh makes it even easier and more convenient to be cooking fresh food in 2020. It's all delivered fresh, quality pre-portioned ingredients to your door, and they've now got 21 different recipes to choose from each week, from family favorites to balanced recipes and the under 600 calorie items. See, they're the ones that I need to be on at the minute. Have you got on them on your first first order? Have you? No, no. I've, I've, got, I've gone for. I've gone for. I'm just going for what I wanted on my first one. I'll be honest Chris, with you. Chris, if you're honest, you knew that already, didn't you? Yeah. Was there a pork and apple in there, John? There's a pork and apple burger coming. There's a teriyaki <laughs> beef coming, and uh, I'm not sure. Uh, not sure what else I've got coming. There's something for everyone in them selections. Yeah, there is. Those, those were families as well, by the way. It's perfect. You don't even have to leave the house. Um, everybody gets fed. Everyone gets a good-sized portion. The quilts as well. You can have them cooked in under 10 minutes. You know which ones you're going for. Step-by-step instructions. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Top, by the way, as well. Top quality ingredients. Yeah, it is good. I'll hang, I'll hang my hat on the ingredients. I'm looking forward to the next one when we get John's review. Yeah. Well... I'll be honest with you, I'm hoping I fall madly deeply in love with the teriyaki beef and I can have it on an afternoon and a night. <laughs> unless, they pull the plug, unless they pull the plug on the adverts and then we won't never mention it again. <laughs> it's the I simple won't, won't. way to cook fresh. HelloFresh is offering 50% off your first box and 35% off your next three boxes when you sign up with Under the Cost. All you've got to do is go to hellofresh.co.uk and use the code COSH. 50% off your first box, 35% percent off your next three after that well i'll be honest with you i've used the i've used the 50 percent off for obviously this order i'm hopefully going to be using the 35 percent off when i fall in love with the teriyaki beef no sub no subscription chrissy is there no you can cancel you can pause at any time cancel you're just paying your month by month whatever you want to whatever you get it done so yeah get on over to hellofresh.co.uk and use the word kosh and get 50 percent off your first box job done I'm going to tell you I can beef off my tits by Thursday night. Hi, gentlemen. Good morning. How are we? Good. Good, good, good. You're rough. That's how I am. Rough, lads. It's the morning well. after the night before. We had the quiz last night. Jeez. Call over at night at six o'clock. Six a.m. you went to Feather. Yeah. Jeez, the, man! Ferrick sucked us in again. Well, the thing is, if you when you when you're listening to greatness, you can't. Yeah. I imagine you can't turn it off, can you? I was in the company of greatness. So six o'clock on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, house on your some own. Effort, some effort that on your I own. A, I was having a great time, all lads. Chancing? Nah, just a lot of happen. Ed bopping. 
Yeah, uh, bopping. Enjoyed the quiz, though, lads. Oh, mate. To be fair, credit where credit's due, someone just went above and beyond, didn't they? <laughs> if you've not seen the quiz, just watch the last 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. No, longer. Yeah? I, I think the last, the hour. last hour. The last hour was good. The last hour was good. I mean, it was... I, I, like you said, as soon as we finish the quiz, that's the best bit then, isn't it? Not that, the, not that the quiz isn't fun. I enjoy the quiz, but you can let loose feet up. time. Let the players play. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very, I enjoyed that one, mate, last night. I enjoyed it. didn't enjoy it too much this morning when I got up, but uh, it was good, mate. Yeah, good. And excellent, excellent uh, choreography. <sighs> Gavin Ray? Yes. I played with him at Cardiff. Great lad. Great lad. And a, a big, fan of the, big fan of the podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah. Only our second Scotsman on the show. That's unbelievable, really, isn't it? Rock. Yes. How many uh, is? McGinley, the first one, wasn't it? Yeah. Both Scottish internationals. Mind you, if you play football and you're Scottish, you've got half the chance of being international, aren't you? Oh, dear me. Very a bit scary, that way. We're trying, to get, we're trying to get some listeners in from Scotland and you've just basically just absolutely annihilated them. Oh, dear. no, he's a great lad. I mean, I only had sort of five, four or five months with him. But uh, top Good guy. Player. Good player as well, from what I remember. Yeah, he were. Yeah, he were. Mm-hmm. But uh, should be good, this one. Should be good. I think we'll have a bit of everything. I think we'll have a bit of sensible, a bit of joking and stories. I think we'll have a little bit of everything on this one. Dundee, Aberdeen, Rangers, Cardiff. Dundee three times, was it? Three times. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'd be good. Yes, he's now living in Australia, so it's another early start for us. Right, should we crack on? Because it's clear that uh, not everybody's firing on full cylinders. Well, my eyes, uh, my eyes are painted on. <laughs> Going on with that bloody Chinese, Chris. <laughs> Come on, Gav. Come on, let's have you. How are we doing? I'm good, thank you. Across the good, oceans. <laughs> yeah. What are you <laughs> laughing at? <laughs> oh, you, said Gar- you said Gary or Gavin? Hey, Gavin. <laughs> you did fell out. <laughs> I'm so glad you... I, I don't know. Well, if you listen to the podcast. Internet. You know bad a, internet. You know he's a sack of <laughs> shit, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Sounding like you weren't convinced, so you just mumbled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good big man, you're all right. Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Across the ocean in Australia. Yeah, first Scottish guy on. John McGinley, second. John McGinley, I like you. Is that yeah, it? Like Not many, though, is it? Yeah, I was trying to think. I was actually trying to think, like, because obviously I listened to them. I was thinking, am I the first jock that's been on it? John McGinley, aye. It's not been. It's not been intentional. We just don't want to travel to Scotland to fucking interview nobody. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too far for us. Teammates at Cardiff. You and Parky? Yeah, briefly. Yeah. yeah. What were your thoughts when I walked through the door, Gav? Well, I'd played, obviously, played against you, obviously, when you were at, at Preston and that. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing what you're all about. It was, <laughs> it was interesting times, mate, wasn't it? It was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was a good it was four, four months or whatever, wasn't it? Were you there yeah. when you beat you 6-0, Gav? 
Oh, fucking straight into that, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get it out of the way. <laughs> Mate, that day, that day is etched in my memory. It was like, on that day, anything that could go wrong for us went wrong. And Evan, like, you've done everything right. You were flying that day. And I just like, oh. Plus, it was a 12-goal swing. Yeah. Because of the goal difference. And then, like, we had, we had a, obviously, we had a pretty good team. And we've got boys like Mark Kennedy, fantastic player. Scoring diving heading own goals, you're just like <laughs> that was the on? that was the best finish of the day, I think, is where really. great finish, by the way. I've watched it a few times. Some <laughs> finish, yeah. I think it's been Mr. Penn as well. It's just Rothko missed it, didn't he? That I think that running's worth a podcast on its own. People people nah, appreciate it. Because isn't it I think it with four games you had four games and you needed two two points, was it? One sure? point. One point from four games. And there was and a- um, oh. the last game at Ninian was against Ipswich, Roy Keane manager. Roscoe missed a pen again. We got beat 3-0, I think, or 3-1. So last game at Ninian ever, we got beat. And then we went to you guys. And then we... can't remember who else we played. We played Sheffield Wednesday on the last day and got beat 1-0. And then obviously you guys uh, sneaked in the playoffs. And I still never uh, sort of accept that rule about the, the goals scored getting you in instead of goals just, uh, conceded. Oh, no. Just like, yeah. It was crazy. We had, we, had, we had some strikers at the club, didn't we, Brownie? So that's yeah. why we that's why we scored plenty of goals. Did you, did you score that game? I came on and scored, aye. So I'm I'm oh. claiming I'm claiming the goal that got us in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember coming on. I remember coming on and um Roger Johnson just saying to us, Fuck me, look look what I'm dealing with here. And like that blaming his yeah. other defenders. That doesn't surprise me. Big, big I, can't, I can't work with these lads. I can't. I can't look at it. It's like, like looking up and down. I can't work with these lads. I can't work with them. Like, I, I said, fucking hell. Roger, you're having a fucking absolute shitter, mate. We were terrible that day. Um, I can remember, obviously, after it, Parky, when you've, you're obviously walking past and you hear dig, Dave Jones digging you out. Oh, mate. Me and, me and Mel's were, in it? Me and Mel's. I can't believe you've just let them two fat fuckers run real fucking ragged. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> He must be talking about me and me and Mel. <laughs> Did you put okay. something on the door? Did you put something? No, no he uh, he went it, like he stormed out, and Risdale were outside the the. the uh, yeah. So they've gone into the physio room. You're in the corner at Preston. Ah. So I thought, fuck it, I, I, I'm some having them. So I stripped down to my sloggies, and I just walked through, and I've knocked on the door, and I've burst in, I've gone there. Oh, really sorry if you're having a meeting, but I'm just looking for my diet sheet. <laughs> Peter Risdale started like ass giggling and fucking Dave Jones were furious. He were, honestly, if he could have hit us, mate, I think he'd have hit us. Then he ended up fucking signing us. Peter Risdale was <laughs> after that game, man. Peter Risdale used to come in the changing rooms like, I'm like, mate, fuck off, man, get with you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's the worst ever, especially when you've been absolutely pumped. You know, we're just like, it's the last thing we need. I had uh, Dundee, YTS. I was it coming through? Yeah, it was. It was interesting. You know, the the first year, I was probably as bad as I've ever been in my whole career in terms of playing wise. I was terrible. Eh? Like the first year, I was just like getting used to training first. You know, training all the time as a pro, and I'd been out of home. Like it was terrible. I hated it. I hated that first year. I really struggled. Have you moved over as a young lad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. It was, it's funny. Like I live in Australia now, but. Like going from Aberdeen to Dundee, which is like an hour, I was homesick at that point. I'd never left home, you know, mum and dad done everything for me. So it was out of, out of that environment, into like playing football. Um, and then, so we had a flat, there was like boys from the East Coast, West Coast, or boys from Glasgow, Edinburgh. And we were all in this flat. 
and one of the ladies that used to make the dinners at Dens at the stadium, her daughter used to come around and like cook and then clean. But then nobody was looking after us, so we were just like looking after ourselves. It was so even that, like getting used to that, just sharing with boys, uh, especially boys from the west coast, like who have got real sort of not arrogance, but they're really like boisterous and out there. Like, and I was never like that as a kid. So all that put together, plus with it was only my first year YTS, and a lot of them boys were second year, so they had that extra year of you know confidence and, and strength and being used to the environment. So yeah, I, I really struggled that first year. It was terrible. Thing is, you speak to anybody in the go. If I had the chance to go an hour away, live with a group of lads, and play football, you think that you'd absolutely love it. But yeah. on the other hand, it, it is hard. I understand why people struggle. Yeah, and I think even like getting used to doing like the YTS jobs and that, I know like I ended up really enjoying that part of it. But to start with, I was like, you know, I'd clean like thirty pairs of boots. You know, just like what the fuck? Why come am I doing play, this? I've come to play football, not fucking clean clean toilets. Yeah, we we used to put the the boots, the dirty boots, in the washing machine, and every two days the washing machine was fucked. But it was like <laughs> it's like, full of mud. <laughs> we chuck them in the washing machine, mate. One minute in the washing machine, full of mud. They came out sparkling. It was amazing. And then the washing, machine, the washing machine was gone after like two days. So it was like because we were doing all the kit, we were doing all the kit, and you know putting the kit out for the first team, sweeping the dressing rooms, and that. But it's definitely something that helped helps you grow, but it was tough that first year for me, for sure. I hate that. Getting on with the rest of the lads as well that you're living with, that's a massive part in it. Because if you're chucked in a house and there's a, there's a couple of lads that you're not you're not quite getting on with, yeah, painful in it. You can't get away from them, can you? Wear them at work, yeah. you wear them at, at night. How, how would you find living with me and Johnny, Chris? I'd be at shed. Put <laughs> uh, me a mattress each shed. Not you're not even you're not even kidding, are you? <laughs> not even kidding. He absolutely fucking no eating. Him. No he eating. <laughs> <laughs> so were you a bit apprehensive about were you a bit apprehensive about going back for the second year then, Gab, after your first one? Yeah, it was actually. It was it was like towards the end of the first year I started to sort of get a bit more of my sort of head round it and they, you know, like end of the first year when they, they bring you in and there's a squad of lads lined up outside the manager's office and there's boys coming out and you're saying, oh, did you get a contract? And that, I was like, you know, so you're like shitting yourself going in. So I was like, eventually I got brought in and um, they basically said, listen, we've seen enough in the last little bit of the season. Go away and work on it was like fitness, touch, heading, pretty much everything. You know, go away and work on this. But we've seen enough to sort of give you a second year. See, just that, just the opportunity to come back for the second year. I was like a different player the next year. The confidence through the roof, mm. just by just by by having a bit of confidence and probably just getting used to just being in that environment. Second year, when when they did offer me, I was like relieved, but then it gave me the confidence as well, just to, to really crack on. Were they in the in the prem back then? So it was the champion. It would have been the championship, what it is now. So it was one below. They just came down, um, and then they were trying to get back up to. Obviously, back up to the Premier. I were, I were the first team lads, were you? They get some guidance. Yeah, you know what? They were the first team lads were good. We had some like huge characters in that dressing room, and you know, just to try and aspire to get into that dressing room was a daunting thought. Even just to even like think about it, there were some some big boys, big characters in there, and they were fucking nuts, most of them. And it was like <laughs> it was like. Some of the stuff that went on, I was just like, you know, wow. I mean, is this is this what it means? Is this what it means to be like a football player? <laughs> I was like, you know, surprised at some of the stuff that went on, but 
it's good grounding. And then when you look back now, having had a career, they, the boys were really just enjoying it and they're just fucking having a laugh. And it's exactly what we've done. As we, as, obviously, as I got older, you get used to that. But as a kid, it was it was daunting, for sure, some of the boys in that dressing room. A few pranks going round. I heard something about a, a pigeon in a wash bag. Is that <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, mate. It was like, you know, like stuff you wouldn't get away with now, but it used to happen. Like, it was people would collect dead pigeons and put them in people's wash bags on their birthday. <laughs> people would like... Across, like when it's um, the birthdays, they'd be parking their uh, cars across the Tay Bridge. So after the, one of the injured boys would go in and get the keys, park their car like 15 miles away across the, the Tay Bridge. While the boys are at training, they come back, the keys are there, there's no car. And then so it's like a, they put on this like treasure hunt to try and find the car. The boys are like, <laughs> <laughs> clues. <laughs> like, like Ansel and Gretel, you've got to fo- just got to follow the pigeons. Every like birthday, like people getting boot polish. We had we had a reporter from the Sun. Boy found out it was his birthday. He got taken into the dressing room, stripped naked, boot polish all over him, and chucked in the bath. I mean, it's just unheard of. Reporter, a reporter, mate. (laughs) How did he take it? Oh, he was. I think he was like putting on a brave face as if it was all right. He's probably mentally scarred. I actually don't think he's a reporter anymore. He's probably oh. stopped. <laughs> came, with that, came with that morning when I fetched that pigeon into Cardiff, girl. Oh, mate, you used to get Evan in your house. Evan used to come and <laughs> like, fucking Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Who give you your first opportunity then, first team? So Jim Duffy was the manager. Oh, I was, that's good, by the way. Mate, what a player he was. A great player, man. A yeah. really good player. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with him. No, no way. Like, he's from a pretty tough part of Glasgow and he's like he's pretty handy I think um, but yeah what a player he was he was still playing so I actually played made my debut when he was he was playing as well and my first game I actually played I came on I played left back my first game I'll, I'll never forget this right I played left back and you know you get the ratings in the sun and, on the Monday and the, or the papers on the Monday and in the sun I got a nine and it says the next Stuart Pierce. but I've never played left back <laughs> in my life <laughs> so no, <laughs> I played. I played left back, but I think it was just because I was just bombing up and down. You know, just kept getting up and down. <laughs> just like I never, I don't think I played. I don't think I played left back ever again in my life. But just made my debut left back and then moved into the middle. That was you in the team then. I, in and out. So I was in and out, and then so Duff Duff left after. Oh, he left in that summer, and then who was my youth team manager became the first team manager, John McCormack. So his nickname was Cowboy. He was. Big fucking unit, like a maniac from Glasgow. He was my youth team manager. Um, he ended up becoming first team manager. And it was kind of strange because he absolutely loved me youth team and then reserves, pushing me on for first team all the time. But as soon as he got the manager's job, I was totally binned. I was like, what the fuck happened there? But it was like <laughs> totally, out the, totally out the picture. It was so strange. And I think it's just because he got he got control of the first team, he got a bit of budget, so he signed players, which is fair enough. But I was sort of cast to the side, and I'm just like, oh, it's a bit a bit tough to take. But yeah, we didn't have the best relationship after that. We had a good relationship to start with, but certainly not after that. And uh, it was you go and speak to him about why. You know what? It's, it's funny. I actually cringe thinking about this, right? But when I was out the team, like not even a look in, I was obviously fuming. I was still training with the first team, still like on the on the fringes. And I was saying, fuck, I was saying to all the boys, I'm fucking raging, man. Like, what, what's going on here? And then a couple of the older boys, like, oh, you, should go and, you should go and see him. And I was like, 
Yank, Yank, I should go. And I says, and I says, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what you normally do. I was like, all right, I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. Right, fuck it, I'm going to go in, right? So I've went, tapped his door, right? So, Gaffer, can I have a word? He's like, opened the door. I've walked in, sat down. He's like, what is it? I says, oh, I just wanted to, like, find out what's happening, why I'm not on the team, you know. He's like, how fucking dare you? I fucking shat. I was like, what? He's like, how fucking dare you come in and question me? You're just a young kid. And I was like, oh, no, I just want to, like, find out, like, get the fuck out. And I was like, oh, my God. So I was like, went out and I was like, ah. I was that devastated. The boys are like saying, oh, how did it go? How did it go? And I was like, yeah, no, it's all right. It's all right. Good, good chat. Good chat. <laughs> We both, uh, we, we both got things off as Chessy wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit myself. Absolutely shit myself. So it was like, the next 24 hours, couldn't sleep, cringing. The next day, he actually pulled me and he said, listen, I'm sorry about yesterday, you know, I was maybe overreacted and I can understand why you're thinking that. But for that 24 hours, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm never doing that again. I'm never questioning that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, now he's... He was all right after that, but yeah, no, we just didn't go on after that. Really. Was Noel Blake there? <laughs> so Noel Blake was in the <clears throat> first team when I was in the YTS. Big Blakey, you know, what a unit, what a gentleman though, you know, what a big, big unit. You know, he's obviously been involved in football for a while and obviously I mentioned about the first team having like big characters and they were all used to always fuck about in that. And I can remember once being YTS and I was cleaning the dressing room and... Blakey, he'd been out training, he came back in, and the boys had decided to play a prank on him, so they're like, what, like, what can we do? We'll wind him up. Like, obviously, all shit scared of him, but thinking, oh, it'll be a good laugh, we'll have a laugh and that. So they've hammered his um, flip-flops to the floor, like nailed them into the floor, you know, like the old <laughs> nail them into the floor um, trick. So Blakey's <laughs> came out of the shower. I can remember I was, like, cleaning the dressing room, and um, he's came back out of the shower at the, at the bath, like ages later, hardly anyone there. There's a few boys left, a few first teamers. And he's went to, he's got changed that. And then he's put, he's went to put his flip flops on and he's like, went to move and he like stacked it and he fell on the floor. <laughs> he's got up and he's like, ah. like, he's obviously seen what happened. He's like, ah, no, no way. I can't believe they've done this. It was his like, his, his grandmother's like final parting gift to him. And the boys have hammered them into the ground. Oh he no. Went, nuts, mate. <laughs> Everyone, like everyone, just everyone just cleared the area. He was chucking things about. I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" He was mental. Went mental. What are the chances? <laughs> what are the chances of that, though? I know. I know. That's the thing. Like, and obviously, once he calmed down and that, he'd have a laugh about it. But at that minute, I mean, he was going nuts. And him, when he's going nuts, is just not a pretty sight. It was just like, get out, everyone, get the fuck out. Here. <laughs> the fact that he, the I fact t- that he actually fell on his fucking face as well. I'm, I'm I think sure that made it worse. Talking about the big characters, uh, trips away, because, I mean, I don't like to generalise, but if you go on holiday and you, there's a group of Scottish lads arrive, you know there's going to be trouble, don't you? It's going to be rock. You know, you know there's going to be, you know there's going to be sunburn, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been, it must have been eventful. Yeah, no, we had, yeah, we had a few trips away. I mean, we used to go to Magaluf every year, every end of year, all the time. Uh, Dundee lads we won promotion back to the Premier League and then I'd only played I hadn't played that many games that year because that was the year that Duff eh, sorry that Cowboy was the manager 
And then he he actually got sacked. We got, he actually got sacked when we were top of the league. Because imagine that, top of the league and he got him binned. And I don't know what happened. I think he'd fallen out with the board. He, we were top of the league. I can remember it. He, get, he got sacked. And then Jockey Scott came in as manager. And I was very close to leaving to go back to Brecon. So I would have been not full-time anymore. Going semi-pro. Um, and he got sacked. So, you know, you talk about like sliding door moments in your career or having a bit of luck. My luck was the manager got sacked when he was top of the league. And it's just like nuts that that, that actually happened. Um, yeah. And Jockey so, liked you. Jockey loved me, yeah. I, I, think, I think it was just because it was a fresh start, clean slate, and I hadn't been playing. And then he just says, listen, everyone's going to be, you know, given a chance. And then we had a practice match the next day when he came on. And I was like, right, this, I'm going to, this is it. I need to really take my chance here. So played really well. The practice came, sort of worked my way into the team. And then was in and out of the team towards the end of that season because we were going for the championship, we were going for the league. Eventually got to win the league, um, which was great. And then when we got back up to the Premier League, like after like the first five games, I played pretty much every game for Jockey, so it was good. I remember um, we always used to get Scottish lads down when I was at Sunderland. And they didn't want to sign for anybody up there in the youth team because there was just loads of scraps. The, the, the youth team used to fight all the time, proper scraps. Mm-hmm. It was, and the lads at someone couldn't believe it. They were like, "What, what do you mean?" I've, said, yeah, we used to have, just get the get the boxing gloves off. I've, I've scraps, and we were like, "Fuck that." Yeah, our manager used to do that every every time there was a disagreement in training. It was like you'd get a glove each. So after training, you'd all come back to like the gym, or we didn't even have a gym. It was like a like a hall. Um, and you get like two a, sets of gloves, or someone no, getting one, a left hander. Somebody's getting a left hander in. So you had to, <laughs> you would just chuck them on the floor, and you just had to dive and get the glove. Obviously, hoping you got the right the right one. Um, <laughs> but it was like, yes. Yeah, so any time there was any disagreement, it was a glove each. You'd be on the mat just scrapping with the coaches watching you, with the first team watching you, like all <laughs> exchanging the <youth> money. <laughs> going for it. It was like nuts. Sounds like a scene from Fight Club, doesn't it? <clears throat> it was. Um, I don't know why, I'm definitely a much more chilled person now, but in the youth team, I don't know if it was because that first year wasn't going great. Like I just used to want to fight everyone. And there was a guy from up our way, Jim Hamilton, played for Hearts and that. He's a good player, Motherwell. And I thought because he's from up where I'm from, Aberdeen, he's from Peterhead, I thought like we'd be like quite tight. But he was like nearly in the first team. And I don't know, we just sort of rubbed each other up the wrong way. I was quite mouthy and probably pretty annoying. He's like, he offered me out. He just says like that. Come on in, up the back of the stand. And I was like, What do you mean? He says, No, nah, well, me and you, we'll go for a scrap up the back of the stand. I'm like, Obviously, oh. shit myself. But because all the boys are like, I'm like, Yeah, all right, fuck it. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so we're walking up the back of the stand. So all the youth team, just the youth team boys, came. So we walk up across the pitch, main stand across the pitch, up the back of the stand, the old stand. There's like a big gravel area. Um, so me and Hammy. He's like, right, come on in. So I'm like, right, so we're, we're both get ready to go. He's done this, like, kung fu, like, karate kick. Like, just missed my head. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> And then I just, we're just, like, lumping into each other. And then all the boys just stopped it. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, mate? And then, but after that, we were fine. But it was, like, the fact he'd done this, like, karate move on me, I was like, this is, this is so, so surreal. <laughs> Another time when um, I can remember, I'd really bad toothache and because so it was in the afternoon I'd been to the dentist my tooth was killing me and we're in the laundry room doing all the, the, the washing and the folding of the you know uh, all the kit for the first team 
And then I was over the sink, cleaning the books. Somebody's like launched this ball right off my head. And I was like, oh, I've lost the plot. Turned around, bang. First person, first person I seen, I just, fuck you. And it was like, <laughs> oh, fuck you. Nothing to even do with, nothing to do with him. I was like, but I'd lost the plot like, at that point because it was go- wasn't going well. I felt, I felt terrible. And then I was like, wow. Like, I need to calm down. So after that, I sort of calmed down. But do you think it was that environment that made you like that? You know, where <laughs> managers getting you fighting and you're on edge all the time. Definitely. And plus, because I, I felt probably it's like so inferior to a lot of the players and my ability and just feeling like rubbish about the whole situation. I was proper angry and it was just like sort of probably letting all that out. And it was not the right way to do it, but it was, uh, it was interesting times. Just the, nearest, the nearest kid got a rag took. First person. Donny McDonald, his name was. I remember his name, Donny McDonald. <laughs> Donny McDonald on his ass. Fuck you then. Imagine youth team managers at like Man U and Man City. If there's a bit of a fracas in training, yeah. right, lads, in the Come gym. On, lads. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's totally changed now, man. And it's yeah. like, even then, like, just having the audacity to even like go in the first team dressing room or. Like you just wouldn't, you just wouldn't do it. You have to sort of earn your right to get into that dressing room. That's totally changed these days, and it's it's all wrong, man. It needs to. I don't know how they get it. I don't know if they'll get it back, but yeah. the respect is gone for sure. The 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 challenge to get into that first team dressing room is gone because players think they think they've made it already. Yeah, yeah. it must have been mad because I was lucky. Obviously, you did two years in the prem, and you've got this mainly Scottish contingents. And then mm-hmm. does Ivano Benetti come in? Yeah. And just does he just bring in a, a lot of foreigners as well, like all at once? Yeah. yeah, so they were trying. I think the club had they tried to like mirror. I think it was Atletico Madrid in their model where they bought loads of like players on the fringes from different clubs in Europe and then sort of got them playing every week and then sort of sold them. But then the arse fell out of the transfer market, so the model was fucked from day one, basically. But yeah, it was frustrating because. After fighting to get into the first team, I'd played two years pretty much in, in the first team in the Premier League uh, under Jockey, and then he got let go. And then the Benettis came in, and they've obviously not done any homework on who had been there previously, the, te- the players of that. Because I remember the pre-season, I came in, didn't even know my name. I'd played every single game in the Premier League the year before, bar one. Didn't even know my name. He would call me number 12. I had number 12 training kit. <laughs> Come in number twelve. Come in number twelve. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, like, what's happening here?" Like, totally different. First training session pre-season, like the culture shock was just totally different because they had their own training regime. It was very tactical, uh, very fitness-based, less ball work, but the games on the weekend were enjoyable. But really tactical uh, fitness work, and even the first day they came into training, like they were having a beer at lunchtime in the in the um, the lunch and in with the dinner in the canteen on the fags and that and I'm like just so different to what we've been used to and there was obviously an influx of a lot of players from different countries as well um, was it Kenny Gave the lad from Egypt, Argentina Egypt. yeah yeah so he came in Canadia Claudio Canadia came yeah. Claudio Canadia played for Dundee mate. <laughs> 50, ca- 50 caps for Argentina what did you call him Chris I don't know. Carry on. Carry can, on. Can you, can you get us a bit? <laughs> yeah. They're loose today. They're loose. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so like we signed loads of players, and there were rumors of like there was mad rumors going about of players we were signing. Um, and then one of the rumors was Kanija, and we we're like, oh, nah, no way, man, no way is he gonna come in and turns up at training. He'd been out for, I think he'd been out for 18 months. Remember, he, got, he was in Italy and he got banned for drug testing or substance abuse, something crazy anyway. He was oh, out no for questions. a good, good while. No questions, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he turned up to training. So we were like, oh, this, is, this is nuts. He was 33 when he came to Dundee and he is still by far the best player I've ever played with. Like, I played with some good players. He's the best player I've ever played with. He was unreal. Unreal. He's like five levels above anything I've seen. He was amazing. Did he do well there? He done brilliant there. He done very well for us. And then he got his move to Rangers from that. And then he played. He done really well at Rangers. So he was phenomenal for us. He was um, like ripped to shreds. Like I don't know whether he'd been on the steroids or that because he was ripped like. <laughs> <laughs> he had eighteen months on the gear, didn't he? I could look <laughs> after eighteen months on the gear. He used to like he'd come to training. He'd take his, his son and that would come to training. And you just like kick a ball about. He was very relaxed. Come the game time on the on the on the Saturday though, he was just like he was next level. He was unreal. It's funny like so we'd go out for the warm up. You'd come back in from the warm up, and then Ivano would be doing his team talk, or Dario, who were like co-managers brothers. And you would just hear you'd hear this from the the toilet, and we're like, what the fuck's that? He used to go in and he used to smoke fags right before the game. He'd go into the dress into the toilet. Just smoke, and then you go out and be amazing. Right, amazing, mate. He was phenomenal. But that's it. Just let him get on with it. No. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, you take it because he was so far, so good, like so good. Like him in his pomp must have been frightening. Like he must have been ridiculous in his pomp. It must be frustrating that you know when you're playing for like Dundee. Well, obviously you you went yourself, but you get a really good player. They've got a season, haven't they, before Rangers or Celtic come along and say, yeah, come on, lads, we'll have you now. Yeah, I mean, that's all. That's always going to happen. Um, and certainly Scotland, you know, you'll you'll see players that have a good season in a bit and then the, the top two will come in. They're normally like sort of vying with each other to try and to try and pick up the talent. How did it come about? You getting your move there? How long were you in the team at Dundee before you started hearing the whispers? Yeah, I'd been, I'd been at Dundee for a while. So I'd been... Um, Dundee two years YTS and then about five years pro so I'd been in playing Premier League for about five years and then first into Scotland so I was getting games with Scotland now as well and then there'd been talk like interest through my agent so the clubs are interested and it was first interested when Dick Advocat was the manager and then that he sort of left and then that sort of went cool and then eventually got the move with well, McLeish. Plenty of nines in the paper then. Every week, was it? Well, I, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I had a few shockers over the year. Um, I remember we played we played at Parkhead. Um, I played right of a 3-5-2, so right wing back in the graveyard shift. I don't know why I was there. I used to I used to have legs, mate. I used to be up and down all day. I used to be box to box. So I used to have good energy, good athleticism, get up and down. And for some reason... I found myself right wing back at Parkhead, and it was—I don't know if you remember—my guy called Lubin Marabchek. It was his first. It was his first game, and nobody heard of him. And this this guy turned out to be amazing. He was taking corners with his right foot, and then he'd go over and take a corner with his left foot. He was a phenomenal player. Scored two goals that game. I played right 
wing back. Henrik Larson nutmegged me from about 15 yards away, like passing through my legs. <laughs> 15 yards away, mate. I was like, how did that happen? You know, just like, what? It was, uh, yeah, it was one to forget. And then I can remember looking at the paper on the on the Monday thinking, you know, I'll probably take like, take a four or a five here, you know, after getting, <laughs> like six, six, one night we got plumped. It was horrendous. It was horrendous. Um, I can remember my mate's car, my mate who came down to me, came down from Aberdeen to watch game, his car got broken into as well, outside Parkhead as well. On that same day, it was just like, it was the worst day ever. Six, one, back up the road to Aberdeen freezing cold because the window was out and we just had like cardboard over it holding it up all the way back to <laughs> so I'm thinking I'll get in look in the paper on Monday and you know I'll be happy with like a four if I get a, if I scrape a five I'm buzzing get to look at the paper I got a two I played 90 minutes oh, two. 90 minutes and I got a two I've never, I don't think I've ever seen it before or since a two <laughs> 90 minutes me. I wasn't like a sub that came on for five minutes in 90 minutes that's how bad I was <laughs> down the news there just buying a stack we'll get rid of these we'll get rid of these <laughs> I was like well, that was harsh but yeah just was that the average rating did everyone else get twos and threes or were you just a standout a standout too mate like I was only gonna I was the only one that had the two I was like the full game I was thinking Wow, it must have been terrible. You've got, you've, yeah. got, you've got to be looking at, you've got to be looking at two own goals and a red card for a two, surely. <laughs> I never scored in a fifteen-yard like nutmeg. <laughs> oh yeah, that didn't help. That didn't help. But I must have just been such a passenger in the game that I was just like a two, just like I was good. <laughs> Going back to Rangers, what was the crap with the? Um, did you get made captain early doors or something? No, nah, so this was like so. I when I first joined Rangers, I joined Rangers in the January. And my first game was an old firm game, but I had a niggling hamstring injury. But I'd done like uh, done a fit. I'd never had any major injuries at Dundee when I was there for like the, the ten years in total. Gets to Rangers, first game, pulled my hamstring in the first game. It sort of set the tone for my whole move. And um, I remember like when I first do my medical to sign, I was like, right, I'll do all the like the MRIs and that. So that was all fine. But then you had to go to the training ground and I had to do like an actual training session with a few of the injured lads just to make sure I was fine my hamstring was fine because I'd been in and out of my hamstring for about six weeks and they wanted me to play this old firm game two days later. Um, so it comes to this training with the physio and we started to do this skill session, right? And Parky, you'll know me. I'm no skills, mate. No, no. We're, we're both game. in the same boat, mate. We're both in the same <laughs> That's boat. That's not my game. <laughs> so we've done, this, we done this, um, this session with the physio and it was me, Ronald De Boer, and Michael Moles, so two Dutch internationalists, and me doing this skill <laughs> session. I was like, oh my God, what? I mean, I've done, I think I've done one Cruyff turn in my whole career. That's it. You know, I'm not, that's from, get it and give it. That's, that's what I've done. So this whole, I was proper sweating. Managed to get through it, gets to the game, and then done my hamstring after 30 minutes, old firm game at Parkhead in my debut. And then I was out for about seven weeks, came back, done my cruciate, and then I missed two years two years solid because I'd done my cruciate ligament and then I'd done my quadricep tendon while I was rehabbing from my cruciate. So it was, the Rangers move was terrible, but during that time, or towards the sort of end of it, Paul Le Guin had came in. So he was a Leon manager. Um, and then there was talk of him going to like Real Madrid and that, and Rangers managed to get him. So we were all thinking, it's like, that's a great coup. You know, it's, we're buzzing with that. And um, so it was a fresh start for me. I was back fit, ready to go. But we talk about different cultures. I mean, 
you weren't even allowed to like talk whilst stretching in the warm-ups and training. Like you proper to be proper concentrated. And like Scottish lads, you know, the majority of us UK lads will have a laugh, but we'll work hard. Like no matter what, we'll always work hard, no problem. But it was like you had to be proper focused on the stretching. Oh, all right, mate. We used to the fitness was outrageous. Um and then I was sort of out the team and then towards the January, or so December, January time. So I was out of the team and Fergie was the captain. Obviously Fergie had been there for years. Rangers captain, Rangers great. He pulled them into the office and they'd sort of had a falling out. It was nothing, I don't think it was anything too major, but they'd had like a falling out. And he pulled Fergie in the office and he stripped him of the captaincy and says, you'll never play for this club again while I'm the manager or whatever. Well, so Fergie's came into the dressing room and we like, he's like saying, like, we well, just, I'm not captain anymore and I need to just get my stuff and go. And we're like, well, so next minute, I get a shout from his assistant, Eve, Eve Kalou. He's like, Gavin, come here. I'm like, all right. So I fuck. Went into the jet, went into the manager's room, the, the manager's office. He's like, I've let Barry know he's now no longer the captain of Rangers. You're now the captain of Rangers. And I was like, oh, what? Like, I never really said it. I was like taken aback and I was like, oh, thinking, I've not even been playing. Like, I haven't even been in your team, mate. Like, I haven't even played in the team. I think he like he respected like I got on fine with him. I've never really had any arguments with too many managers because I'm pretty good pro and no issues. But I wasn't even playing. I think he respected. You good mates the- with Fergie as well. You like Fergie like growing up same same age. We played against his other youth team. Played for Scotland together. You know, no nothing. We were teammates, really good teammates. And then um, so he pulled me and he said, "I'm making you captain." I was like, oh, "Right, okay." And then so. There was a game the next day against Motherwell. I never used to get too nervous before games, but that game, proper stress, like, because I, one, I had to come into the team and I hadn't been playing. Two, I was captain and everyone was thinking, including myself, why am I captain? You know, like, there's millions of other players are going to be, there's loads of other players <laughs> are going to be captain. So, obviously, he's, he's done it to make a point. We ended, we ended up winning the game. We won the game 1-0, which I was obviously very relieved about. Um, but then because of the whole sort of fallout from it, like it was all over the press. I mean, you know, the press in Scotland's crazy as it is. Um, he ends up leaving like six days later and then didn't even say goodbye. Didn't even say anything, didn't say anything to me. He didn't say, oh, listen, I'm sorry to put you in that position or put you in the middle of that. Just left, just got sacked, paid up, left. And I was like, fucking, you serious? Can't put me right in the middle of it. <laughs> Totally getting stress on me for no reason. Like I'm thinking the same as the fans, thinking, "Why the fuck's he captain?" <laughs> Don't get me wrong; great to have done it, but horrible, situation. <laughs> horrible situation. We put in and just, you were just a scapegoat for him, then, really, weren't you? Big time. Big time. See if you know what, Parky. See if he'd said. See if he called me and he says, "Listen, sorry to put you in that," and you know, it wasn't just to make a point, but it was like I wanted to really see, give you an opportunity or anything like that, just anything. Then I would have respected him, no problem. He just got his stuff and just fucked up. I was like, brilliant, cheers, thanks for that. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I hope you play on it, though. Oh, you, I hope you man. play You want to get it on your Twitter handle, Rangers captain. <laughs> you know what? I mean, everyone, everyone still talks about it. You know, I've been lucky to be Rangers captain. I, I get it. I did do it. Um, we had... Um, 
and saying that was with a game. So I think he left, and then we had a cup game against Dunfermline, um, like a few days later. And Walter Smith and Coisty were getting installed as a new the new management team. So Walter was coming back to the club, and then so and I'd worked with Walter at Scotland, so I was like, ah, perfect. And then, but the interim manager was Durante for this Ian Durant for the uh, the cup game, and it's against Dunfermline, so we're away in a hotel. And I'm, at this point, I'm still captain, right? So, get, you know, you do the pre-match meal and then say, right, everyone, get your bags on the bus. We'll leave them for the game in like 15 minutes or whatever. So me, I was in the natural Novo, me and the wee man, and then up, back up the room, gets our bags. We come out, no bus. I'm like, what? Like, are we earlier or later? What's happening? Bus had left without us. Bear in mind, I'm captain at this point. The bus is gone. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Me and Nacho to two players, bus is gone. And I was like, summed up the day. We get to the game against the firm and the pumpers were just like, nah, that's it. So it was like, after, I was my last game, I think it was my last game captain. So, um, what were you Did you just get the wrong time? No, we, we, were, we got the right time, but what they had done, they hadn't counted the numbers and they'd left about five minutes early. They thought everyone was on, didn't count the numbers. <laughs> and they went. <laughs> Captain's not on the ship. The day actually got worse. We got pumped from them firmly and we were out the cup, and that was it. I was just like, nah, it's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) What were it like? Obviously, you're at Rangers. What's it like when you're going to play at uh, Partick Thistle and it's like, you know, these shitholes on that up there? I know they're not all, I'm not not generalizing them all, all shitholes, but you know, from this massive, beautiful stadium, then you're going to play Alloa or somebody like that. It, it, it was really like a mental thing to get your head around it. Yeah. Every, every game's like a away game's like a cup game, I imagine. Honestly, that's exactly it. Every game is like a cup final. You know, like just with the coverage in Scotland, the two teams have got, the two teams have to win every game. Every game. If they don't win, it's a disaster. A draw, disaster. They get absolutely hammered. So all the other clubs know they've not really got much to lose and will just like take it to them as if it's a cup final. It's so grueling every week to get to that level obviously it helps if you've got really good players but if you go through a sticky patch you know when I was there we won the league the first year I was out injured and then there were sticky patches in between that but it's yeah it's tough tough going you know I mean all these clubs are just up for just to take that big scalp and it's yeah. it's tough going every week yeah. was Rick's in there Rick's in would have been there Fernando was there yeah so Fernando and I we got on well. It was like, so my wife and his wife got on well. We were quite friendly. And he was just, my like, Fernando was nuts. You know, he was totally wired, like always full of energy. Um, we used to just kick lumps out of each other in training, like absolutely smash each other in training. Um, I think he liked it. I think he liked the fact that I'd go up against him. And I didn't mind the fact if he smashed me in training, I was, I was fine with it because he, I knew he could take it. But yeah. as some boys, I know if he smashed him in training, they don't like it. And, me and him sort of had, we never sort of said, and it was like an unwritten rule between us, like, you just batter fuck at each other. And, like, 
boxing. He's still got the boxing gloves and sorted out once and for all. <laughs> Get the gloves, yeah. lads. <laughs> what? He'd what's it? What, the header. <laughs> what's it like in and about the city then? You know, like because for me, when I was Cardiff, it was so surreal. It was like film stars in Cardiff, I thought from what I've been used to, it was like everyone was just magnified on you. You know what I mean? You walk around the the St David Centre and people are like gawping at you as if you're in fucking zoo. It, that's in <laughs> Cardiff. I mean, what was it like out on a night out in range in, in Glasgow and? Yeah, mate, like like that, but times 10. It's yeah. crazy, mate. Like, you actually have certain areas in the city you sort of, you okay to go to. Certain bars, okay to go to. Other ones, don't even go near it because you know you're going to get trouble just because it's like the, the Celtic side. Yeah, yeah. Just crazy, mate. Like, half the city will love you, half the city will hate you. Um, you get any abuse? Oh, always. Oh, everyone does. You know, everyone does. Yeah. It was, um, I mean, even, hate, even from the Rangers fans used to get abuse. Yeah, <laughs> that's that bastard who took the captaincy off Barry Ferguson <laughs> I think the biggest thing that people don't understand Parky with the old firm in Scotland is the, the press coverage mate it's crazy like it is for the week for the week leading up to it and the, probably the week after I imagine no but not even like old firm games yes but I just mean in general mate like in general because like there's the two national papers it's a small country with two huge clubs you're talking like five to six pages dedicated to each team every day. So they've got to fill out the paper. Like, I remember when I was on, if you had to do the press duty on a Friday, like if you got singled out and the press lady says, oh, it's your turn to do the press, you're like, oh, fuck. Because you know they're going to try and, not try and chip you up, but anything you say out of turn, they'll just hammer you. I mean, I remember I just joined, right? Just joined Rangers, went behind the ears, didn't know anything about that. Obviously, you learn that over time. I got asked in one of the press conferences, one of the first ones I've done, um, like, do you think it's different because you've grown up in Scotland to some of the foreign players knowing how much it means to play for Rangers? And I just says, well, well I, I just says, well, yeah, maybe because obviously I've grown up watching the team the whole year, uh, 20 years I've grown up. Maybe next day in the paper, whole back headline, remember we were playing Hearts to, on that day, so it was a Friday, the game's on the Saturday. We're going to wait at Hearts. So on the in the paper, Gavin Ray basically says foreigners don't have a clue what it means to be to play for Rangers. <laughs> and bear in mind, I'm in the dressing room with Stefan Kloss, Champions League winner, winner, won the league with Rangers, comes <laughs> with Rangers, Mikey Moles, international, Ronald De Boer, Dutch international, and they're they're picking up the paper on a Saturday and saying. <laughs> I remember them picking. I remember coming on the bus, and I was like hiding at the back of the bus, just because I'd seen it, and I was like, "Oh no, it's going to be the worst (laughs) feeling ever." So we played the game. I think we drew one all, but we scored one. We got a penalty, and then Craig Moore scored it. We got it. I was like, "Yeah, buzzing. Just get this win. Everyone will forget about it." They've equalised the last minute, so we got into the dressing room, and so it's all like everyone's fuming with the result. And then Stefan, Stefan Kloss, the goalkeeper, is like, and, and you, like, pointing me out, he's like, how, how basically, how fucking dare you say that? And I was like, oh, no, that's just Steph. Like, you know I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> like, oh. And then, so Mikey Moles is like, Steph, come on, man, you know what the press are like. You know, it just, like, maybe played on his words and that. But that was a horrible experience, and it just, they just magnify everything. So you've got to be proper on your toes. 
and anything can get construed. And but after that, I had a this really good relationship with Steph, but that day I was just like proper cringing. Like, would, you not, been, would you not have been better off addressing it like before and say, "Listen, lads, I did not say that for starters," and just try and clear the air in a way. Diffuse the situation. Because it was a game, because the game was on a Saturday, and because it was like we're on the way to the game, didn't want him to speak too much about it. I spoke to the boys at the dinner and says, "Well, obviously, I never really said it like that," but he still had it in his head. So I'd sort of said it before, but because of the result. And he obviously still had it in his head. He still dug me out after the game. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, right. If you'd have won the game, he'd have probably not said a thing, would he? You know what I mean? Exactly. And then he'd been forgotten about. But the thing is, you, you grow used to it because anything's a headline. And just the, how much it's magnified and the pressure of playing for that club's parquet is, is huge, mate. Huge. Yeah. Well, Ryan Singh, you had a bit of a to-do with uh, Hemdani. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hemdani so, Hemdani yeah so Brahim, Brahim Hemdani right so he was this midfield player and he, he sort of he played my position and he, he was don't get me wrong he was a good player but he was just I just felt he was a bit of a fanny around the place I just thought he was a bit <laughs> of a he was just a bit annoying because he used to like in the dressing room he'd be like proper stone faced and proper quiet with all all us all the UK boys but with the French boys like with the French loads of French boys he'd be like the soul of the party but laughing and joking and that. But like with us, he'd be like stone faced and like, it's just guy's deal, you know? And then we'd play, it was a game after, Dun- it was actually in training after that Dunfermline game. So got left off the bus, got pumped 3 0 out the cup, had been captain with all the stuff that was going on. And he was just, he was like fanning about in training. And I was just like, next time he gets a ball, I'm just going to smash him. So get <laughs> So he's like, I've just like, uh, my head had gone. I was like, next time he gets ball, I'm going to smash him. So the ball came and cleaned him up. And I just like turned around. And he like, he like he jumped up and he like, he like bitch slapped me. Like, it was like one of them just landed. I was like, <laughs> so I, like at that point, my head's gone even more. I didn't think he would go up. I didn't think he would do anything. He like, when I turned around, he like bitch slapped me around the ear. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I've turned around, grabbed him. And then big dad O'Perso just, like, he just came in the middle of us and just, Nah, just like, and I couldn't go anywhere. I was like, right, okay, okay. Not joking, 20 minutes later, I'm in the dressing room. One of the press guys, oh, I heard you had a bit of a spat with him, Danny, at training. That's how, that's what it's like, mental. You should have done a semi, mate. Went and got your training kit on, your fighting kit and come back. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have it. Yeah, no. (laughs) So is it, uh, so do do I have a page for People out and about spotting you on nights out and stuff. Then, no, nah, not it's not so much that, but like everything gets around just so quickly. Like it's it's very rare you could have a night out. And to be fair, the boys loved a night out. Like boys went out together and had a good laugh and that. But it would just get circulated so quickly back to the club. We are just like it ended up being not even worth it. Mm. And we ended up going like even like Christmas like Christmas dues. We had a couple of good Christmas dues. We had an amazing one in Liverpool with. with we played it, I think we played at Ibrox and then we chartered a jet down to Liverpool. I'm like, chartering a jet? He's like, he's mad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like tiny little thing. It was like a car with wings, basically. It was a tiny little thing. And, um, Cranking. Yeah, it was terrible. Like, and it was like, it, was only, it wasn't that expensive. So we got like the game, played the game, down to, uh, onto the airport, down to Liverpool. So we flew down to Liverpool with this small charter jet. I ended up going out in the night out in Liverpool and we're flying back the next day. 
So we're in this uh, we're in this nightclub, and then we spots the captain and like the steward stewards and the stewardesses like of the, of the plane. So ended up they ended up coming out with us, getting absolutely bladdered, right on the bladdered, and we're flying back the next like morning, not morning first thing, but like mid morning. So they were out washed all hours steaming. We gets up in the hotel. Big Tomo's got the guitar out. We're having a good laugh and that. Like, Come on, boys, we need to go to the airport. Get back up the road. Get to the airport. Obviously, they'd been out with us. Obviously, still hungover. The flight back was just mental chaos. Big Tom was flying the plane. Like, they're letting us fly the plane now. It was nuts. <laughs> what? Absolutely nuts. Like, because it was just us on this plane. They were like, <laughs> they got Tom up the front. He could, he could, like, he was in control of the plane. Big Bob Malcolm, the whole way home, just kept shouting out, like, in the loudest ever, ah, we're all going to cry. Like, just for banter, like, <laughs> all the way back, it was absolutely, it was just chaos. Absolutely. You don't need that on a hangover, do you? Nah, it was just, but then the boys just kicked on. The boys kicked on, landed in Glasgow, straight back out, and, uh, nah, it was crazy, mate. But you had to get away from Glasgow, because there's no way you could have done it in Glasgow. As if, yeah. as if, he's, as if Thomas sat flying the plane. <laughs> mate, mate, no, he's got the zoom up on and just like flying it a little bit. <laughs> I'm the captain now. The somebody, captain put some, it, somebody put some Top Gun music on quick. Yeah. <laughs> Get that guitar back out. Jesus, man. <laughs> it wasn't assigned you for Cardiff. Uh, Dave Jones. So the four years I was at Cardiff was with, with Jones. Um, but I, because I'd never been out of Scotland, mate, I was thinking, oh, yeah, no worries, we'll just go down. And, you know, everywhere's quite close. In Scotland, you travel at a game on in the morning of the game because it's so close. You know, there's nothing, there's no hardly any overnight games. Obviously, come to Cardiff and we played like that first year, we must have played about 60 games with the cup run and like traveling away in like the four hours and training on the Friday and then traveling. It was like not used to that at all. Just totally yeah. new to me. Not a bad first season to arrive either with a, with a cup run, FA Cup final. Yeah, yeah no, it was, it was amazing. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that year was, I think I played like, 55 games, 50 starts, like 50 full games, 55 games. And that's like nearly double what I'd played in the three and a half years at Rangers. Mm. So it was just like validation of getting away and just getting getting a fresh start. It was the best, the best thing I could have ever done. And obviously, um, coupled with the cup run, it was just like, this is amazing. You know, it's the first time playing the FA Cup. I'm getting the FA Cup final. I'm thinking, this is easy. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> What's the big fuss? What's the big fuss? <laughs> I just couldn't yeah. to England play the cup final. Fuck it, yeah. no matter, does it? Yeah. I thought there was. I thought there was a difference in standard. What are they all about? <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It was amazing. I mean, you have the build up. You know, you get like with the cup final song. Big Tom had done a song with a guy from uh, Cardiff who was a songwriter. We'd done it in the studio. You know, oh, so you don't get the good old cup final song anymore. No, do you? No, it's not doing anymore. Eh? It's like yeah, so it was, it was great fun. Um, we got the, you know, you get the suits like Liverpool had, I think it was Armani. We got Martin Spencer suits. They were amazing. <laughs> you still, have you still got it? I just do think I've still got it somewhere. Wedding last week. <laughs> um, so yeah, the build up in that was amazing. But, you know, the cut run. So we started at Chasetown. The first game was away to Chasetown. Obviously a non-league team. And we went down 1-0. Kevin McNaughton scores an own goal. Gets a hot dog flipped off his head when he's in the net, when he fell into the net. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. And then we got Wits, obviously scored a goal. And Aaron Ramsey was coming through. He scored a goal that day. So that sort of set us off. And, you know, the cup run, I didn't, as I say, I didn't really get nervous for too many games. The one, two games in my career I remember being really nervous for was 
the game when it was captain for Rangers, the first game, because of just the pressure of it, and FA Cup final, just with the magnitude. Like when I came out for that warm up, the stadium was pretty much full already. Um, that was the game I was pretty nervous for. And it was frustrating because it wasn't it wasn't much of a game and neither team could have could have won it. But mm-hmm. I was looking back at their team the other day. I'd done another podcast the other day and looking back at their team, the team was frightening. Yara played, Canu, Glenn Johnson, Stan, Campbell, uh, James, Cranchar, Canu, ridiculous. Mendes, some team, man. <clears throat> so how did you how did you find DJ Dave Jones? Uh yeah, it's some he was interesting, you know. It was, he was. I think he recognised his strengths, and he had Terry Burton obviously doing all the coaching. He was more of a like a manager than the coach. Man management, not so much. I can remember had he dropped me like for a game against Bristol City. I think it was Bristol City or Swansea, and I was fuming because it was a that's like the derby for for Cardiff. Yeah, and I'd been playing all the games before, and then I went to see him. On the Friday, so the day is obviously names the team on the Friday, or you see the team shaping up on the Thursday, and then he does it, names it on the Friday. You do your set of pieces, and I was spewing because I wasn't in the team because I was I felt I was playing well and deserved to be playing at that time. And then I went to went chat the door, and I was thinking, ah, Dave, like, can I have a word? Gaffer, can I have a word? He's like, Nah, nope. I was like, All right. He says, Coming to you Monday. I was like, All right. <laughs> I was thinking that. Just like pure no. I was like, fucking rubbish, man. Because <laughs> if you go into the game and do really well, and then Monday, I've got no no leg to stand on Monday. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, yeah. Are, you go, are you going to get beat? And then he says, I'll tell you what, I should have played you. Like, you, yeah. you can't win, can you? Can't win. So I was like, I was just looking just for a bit of guidance, a bit of feedback. But at that point, it was like, nah, just wasn't even speaking to us. Like, so I was like, oh, brilliant. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I only had sort of four months with him, but I always used to feel he used to let lads get away with too much. Mm. Uh, uh, Do you know if you'd have had... I mean, because the squad that I came into were fucking outrageous. Mm. It were really outrageous. And how that team didn't get promoted from has been second in the league were fucking tragic, really. Yeah, and that's that's a big regret, obviously, in my time here. We just we were always close, but we never got there. Um, but yeah, no, the this, this squad when you came down, big man, was ridiculous you know we had a to be fair every year I was there we had a really good the first year I was there we had Robbie Fowler Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Trevor Sinclair they all signed that same season I signed so it was just like what a team we had there were Wits with Aaron Ramsey Roger Johnson you know Glenn Leuvens what a team we had with some team man I forgot Trevor yeah. Sinclair went there yeah. oh mate remember the Trevor other Sinclair brilliant what a lad is it? <laughs> Mate, he came on trial, right? Trial, not trial. But he came to train with us in Portugal. So we were in Portugal. We, did you come pre-season at all, Parky? No, mate. I signed in, uh, I signed in the January. Mate, got four years in, in a row we went to Portugal. It was like a stag do every year. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so the first year we got there, this is my first, pre- first pre-season with Cardiff. Bear in mind, I'd been to, I think I was in South Africa the year before with Rangers, with Paul Le Guin, like proper professional. Could do anything. Never in nights out or anything. Like, Long trip, no nights out, rubbish. Came to pre-season with Cardiff, went to Portugal, first night. So we get to the hotel, gaffers like, like training in the morning, such and such a time, be there, no worries. And Percy, the man, Percy, the captain, big Darren's like, ah, right, 15, you've got 15 minutes, lads. Everyone back up the rooms, changed, we're going to the bar. And I was thinking, oh, maybe just go for one, just get all the boys together because it's a new squad. Mate, we could not leave until this massive table was full of Magnus bottles. We were absolutely steaming the first <laughs> time. It was like nobody left. I was thinking, 
fuck, is this normal? Over the four years, I found out it was normal. He must have knew. He must have knew we were going out, but it was like everyone had to sort of go out, but everyone had to make training. So everyone made sure we made training and we, we trained as hard as we could, but everyone had to go out. And there's no way he couldn't have known we were going out because the boys were out every night, basically. But they were always <laughs> training. We were always training, making sure we are training. When, the, when, when, it's a, when it's a team that out, there's always that smell, isn't there? You know what I mean? It's like a cloud round. You. There's this smell of ale. And... You'd have to know. I mean, surely. like So, yeah, so Trevor Sinclair came, trained with us. So the, I think he was taken aback as well because he'd just arrived. He was later than us arriving into Portugal. Like, we arrived in the morning. He arrived, like, at 5 p.m. on a separate flight because they were sorting out the deal. Um, he hadn't signed yet. He was still to do a medical and train with us. So he's ended up coming out with us. Everyone got battered, including Trev, steaming, everyone steaming. Trev couldn't wake up for training. He actually couldn't wake up for training. He had, in the changing, in his room, he had, like, to say the the physio, like, you'll have to tell him I'm, I'm ill, I'm sick, I'm struggling, because I actually can't <laughs> get to bed. He was in bed all day. He ended up doing a, a running session with a fitness guy at night. He still signed him, but, you know, that was my first mentor. <laughs> and just, like, with so many good times, there was boys swimming out to inflatables on the on the um, on the beach at like six o'clock in the morning and we're bear in mind we're training at like nine half nine but boys everyone was still still make it everyone was always there yeah well because Dave Jones loved he loved his golf so he would always have we'd be playing golf in the afternoon so we'd be out the night before and then we'd be training in the morning and then we'd all be golfing in the afternoon and then we'd be out again at night it was amazing <laughs> I'm gonna turn that, that fucking good. Rangers deal down now. This is fucking incredible. <laughs> what year were it that you got to the playoff final? Was that in your third year? That have been the that would have been the third year because the second year was the one that Preston got in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so it'd have been the third year uh, we got to the got to the playoff final, which Blackpool. Uh, Blackpool, yeah. So I, I actually, I, I didn't play. I was I'd actually in the stand with a boot on in my ankle because I snapped my uh, a tendon in my ankle just prior, just prior to it, like six weeks before. So I wasn't playing. So I was like, you know, watching the boys help, just egging them on and just hoping they'd get there because, you know, to try and push the club on. The club had been great to me. And to, just to get to that next level would have been brilliant to be yeah. part of. I don't know if I'd have been part of playing in the Premiership, but just to actually get there with the club would have been amazing because I had one year left. So you're thinking when you left, double double bubble for the for the final year, happy days. They've been amazing, but you're sort of helpless watching the game. So that was yeah, it was tough, tough to take. I was, after that game, it was just it was one of the worst feelings ever, man. Horrible, what's especially your, to be what, sat what, in the stand though. You know yeah. the progression of your career and everything else in yeah. your teammates' hands. Yeah, and you're just thinking because I would have been 32 maybe, so I was thinking that's probably my last chance, you know, of getting there. Yeah. Um, after having such a career to this this level, but um, nah, it, was, it was really frustrating. I mean, it was a crazy game. Jay got injured after like 10 minutes. It was 3-2 at halftime. We, we led twice. Charlie, who I'd played with Rangers, who's a mate, obviously scored that wonder goal. Yeah. Um, it was just a strange, strange day. I mean, it was strange. Um, no, nah, it was tough. Talking about Bothroy uh, coming off, I remember speaking to Quinny about it. Um, mm. He said he came off so early. How did you feel? Because he was obviously struggling before the game. How, how, what was your view on it? What do you think he should have started or, or what? It's a tough one because I think 
Dave was really sort of pushing him to play because he was one of our top players. I mean, I know Parky's got his differences with the big man, but honestly, like, see when he see when he signed for us, I've never seen someone with his ability in training. Like, some of the stuff he was doing, he was just like, mate, I was just thinking in my head, like, why are you at this level? He could have been... a cock. Because he's a cock, mate, that's right. <laughs> maybe, maybe. maybe. We, we, we both know it, mate. If he'd not been a cock, <laughs> if, he'd just been an, if he'd just been an all right lad, mate, he'd have played in the Premier League. Ability-wise, I, I thought he was brilliant. But he was just a cock. Oh, but you get cocks that don't make it, mate. You get cocks that don't make it. You know, it's like, it's, most, it's more than that, I thought. It was like that. I don't know whether it was the attitude or... Obviously, attitude's got a big part to play in it. But in terms of ability, mate, I was like, fuck me, this boy's unbelievable. Like, he skinned me yeah. his first day training and I was thinking... Wow, he had everything because he was quick enough, strong, both-footed, great touch, awareness. Everything he had, he had actually everything to be a top four player. So it was a big loss when he so came what, off. Of it, a big loss, yeah. I tell you what, you've not spoke about Parky, which I'm surprised is your, uh, your Dublin Dublin trips. You must have been on some of them with, with Cardiff, your Christmas dues. Well, you've, you've not mentioned yeah, it yet. We did, we did have a joined in January, and then right. obviously. Gav left in the at the end of that season, but we had one, didn't we, mate? Hey, you missed all the good stuff. You missed the, the, the Christmas deal, <laughs> the pre-season. Uh, I just came in for the shit bit when we couldn't get a result. <laughs> oh, mate, we went to the first year I was there, so we had a, we had a proper like raucous squad, and then we went to Dublin the first year. I can I can actually possibly remember you being there, Brownie. Were you in Dublin that year? Any ideas? I will have been. Yeah, it'll work. I'd have been at Preston, wouldn't I? So we will have been. You'd have been at Preston, I think. So it would have been a 2007-2008 Christmas. Yeah. So we'd done the, obviously we'd done the fancy dress over here on the Saturday. Saturday normal night out, Sunday fancy dress. So we've got like, obviously we've got Robbie, Robbie Fowler's in the team, Jimmy Floyd, uh, Trev's there, you know, we've got a real big squad. So everyone, Temple Bar, first thing, knocking on the door to get in this pub, um, and we're all in fancy dress. So I'm, I think I was dressed as Zorro. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank had a See You Jimmy hat and the kilt. Um, <laughs> Big Tomo was like a banana. Kev was Danger Mouse. Just like craziness. So we're all getting into this bar. And then we're like, where's Robbie? Like Robbie wasn't there. So Growler wasn't there yet. So next minute, he must have told one of the boys, have a look out the window in a couple of minutes. So we're like, no worries. He's came down the, rollerblading down the street. With a big Afro wig on, hot pants, and a big boombox, like roller skating <laughs> down the street. <laughs> Straight into the boozer. Like he fell into the boozer because he couldn't keep his balance. It was it was amazing. This is he Robbie Fowler, you know. Robbie Fowler, mate. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And then he, so he's like, he must have been thinking about this. So he's got two outfits. So about, I don't know, maybe a couple hours later, disappears again. So the next minute, where's Robbie like kind of see him like next minute so everyone just carried on drinking he snuck into the bar from the other door and like came round and he was like sitting in the corner and he was like dressed as an old man so he had the hat the grey hair the bonnet just sitting in the corner just drinking like that and he just came way he just like jumped up and was like brilliant absolutely brilliant one of the lads can't name him he basically sat in the same seat for 12 hours, like actually didn't move and was boozing. So you can imagine for when he needed the toilet, he was just like pissing himself. Eh? Oh, so he was just like, man. there's something on here and it's got John Parkin written all over it. 
Boys washing their faces with piss in the showers. <laughs> nah, mate. No, nah. that's not. That's not me. That, that's not me. That's that's too far for me. That mate. You know, you know when you, when you just like people do things in the dressing room just for like no Shock. idea why they do it, but just for being just for banter. It's not even banter, but just for banter. We had boys that were in the changing room. The, one of them would piss in the other one's hand, and then the other one would just rush, wash his face with. It. And I'm like, the fuck he's doing, man? Absolutely <laughs> not. You get involved? That's too far for That's <laughs> too far, far for me, like, man. Come on, man. Just <laughs> never a penny. Uh, it's like I mean, uh, maybe on, maybe on back of someone's calves, but not in the not in the grid. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, we know we know my thoughts on uh, on Bullfroyd. Yep. Uh, chops. Talk us talk us through Michael Chopper because I thought it were I thought it's just just just. I thought I thought he was a 26, 27-year-old man in a 12-year-old's body. It's yeah. not the other way around. And men- mentally, mate. It were like, it you was the other way around? Other you didn't have around. a 12-year-old's body. <laughs> I know what you mean, mate. He was, uh, he was um, fuck, you, you could tell he had some demons, mate, and stuff, some stuff going on. Like, he was some player, like, first yeah. touch and finishing that was brilliant, his movement. But he was just a fucking space cadet. Like, yeah. he would be... The gambling, you know, gambling anything, you know, we're he was betting on like eight to one in favor and betting against it, just stupid things, but just like for banter, but just like, mate, just settle down, you know. He had so much stuff going on, it was a shame because he was such a good player. But, um, I can never try having a word, I think everyone tried, mate. I think, I think the manager tried, um. You know, I think some of the players did. I didn't because I'm not really like a gambler. I don't really understand. Never really done it. So I couldn't really feel it was my part to say. And I didn't really know him that well either, even though I was a, obviously a teammate. But he had people that were closer to him um, who definitely tried. But I remember being on the bench for Cardiff one day and there was like a, somebody got injured or it was a free kick or a throw in and he came over for the ball and he was asking somebody on the bench what this what the race result was or what the score was in another game because he had bet on it. I'm like, oh, fucking hell, man. Yeah, just like, we used a proper, proper problem. Like, it was a shame, man. Um, but he's, he was a good character in terms of like, always lively, never down. But just whether that's a front, you know, you could tell it was obviously for the lads and that a front, but he was, he was a good, good lad underneath it all. But yeah, he certainly had problems there. It was Sunday up for me. We, we were playing, we are playing Swansea away. Uh, the the Sunday at one o'clock kickoff, and so Dave Jones got us. We all stopped in the Vale, if you remember. Right, I remember that. Yeah. So we all stopped together. So we eat together and that. So one o'clock kickoff. So we've got to be at, at Swansea at half eleven, and it's what half an hour, forty minutes. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're eating at sort of quarter, quarter past nine. So Chops comes to the game. He's left the hotel to go and play fucking FIFA. He's got back to the hotel. At two o'clock in the morning, to, to, he's gone playing FIFA. We're playing Swansea away, one o'clock kickoff next day, the biggest game in the fucking world for Cardiff and Swansea. And he's left the hotel to go and play FIFA. Yeah. He's fucking 27 years old, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he, he, did, he did some stupid things, man. Stupid things. Going back to like when you, when you said, did you have a word with him? I asked Brian Dean the other day, because he played with Gaza. And I just said, did, did you try and... Speak, you know, when he was struggling and like he was just a piss pot. And Dino kind of he didn't bite me head off, but he was like, "Why?" He said, 
I've got my own problems. Mm. Which I, I was surprised that he said that, but you can yeah. kind of see it. You know, all these people saying, why, why is nobody ever getting hold of these certain players? But the fact is, the people, everybody's got their own trouble. Do you know, everyone's got their own things to sort out and what have you. Yeah, no, no, but definitely. You, and he's, you, probably, <clears throat> he's probably thinking, fuck, you know, he's can help himself. He's a, he's a, grown, he's a grown man, but... No. Yeah, some, no, some, I, peop, some people need help, don't they? Yeah, no, definitely. definitely. And it's a massive thing just now, you know, obviously everyone's, it's a lot more prevalent now, the mental health side, which is great because it's yeah. such a problem and there's so much stuff going on. But yeah, no, was, Chops was, uh, he's one of a kind, mate. One of yeah. a kind player. But fucking could he finish? And I'm going back to, I'm going back to DJ with that. I don't know if DJ had tried before I got there to, to be stronger with him uh, and he just got to end with his tether win, but it really needed like a, he had like a fucking Alex Ferguson, didn't he? You know, just yeah. to really get him on the straight and narrow. Yeah. I think I think uh, Dave Jones, with him, you know, I think he tried to sort of help him just to make sure he was okay to play his football because that was obviously when he was at his probably his, his happiest and he was playing and he was scoring. And that benefited the team as well. So it sort of worked both ways. But, you know, to go deeper into that, I mean, he'd obviously tried. He'd been there a few years with him. So whether he tried deeper in that, I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's a shame he had a lot of problems, but he probably doesn't give a fuck, mate, to be honest. He's probably one of that kids now. He's, he's mm. just thinking, no, no. It's what it is. It. Yeah. When it came to moving on from Cardiff then, Aberdeen interested on club. Well, then you went, you went back to Dundee, didn't you, for a short spell? Yeah, so what happened was I was um, out of contract in the summer and so this still annoys me to this day, right? It should, probably shouldn't, but Dave Jones pulled me and says, that's it, your, your contract's finished, you're not getting a new deal. And I was like, no worries. And then he got the sack. So I was thinking, well, how the fuck's he telling me if I'm getting, a, if I'm not getting a new contract, he's not even going to be here. So it was like, they'd done that the straight, the, the second day after the season finished. So he obviously told, told the boys that weren't getting kept on or, you know, you had to tell them before a certain date. So they, they were telling me and I'm thinking, well, you're not even going to, you're not even going to be here. Because that was the rumours anyway. So I was thinking, I all right. But anyway, Malky McKay came in and, and luckily he let me train with the team. You would have been there at that point, Park, yeah? Yeah, unfortunately, aye. <laughs> um, but yeah, Not for the so club, for him. <laughs> yeah, so I was, um, I was out of contract. I actually trained, as I say, with Malky for, I must have been there for about eight weeks and I was absolutely, I can remember I was flying, I was thinking, he's going to sign me, I'm going to get signed back up for Cardiff and buzzing. And then, and then one day he pulled me. So I was thinking, yes, he's going he's to give me another year, give me a six-month deal or whatever. He says, oh, yeah, you'll need to train with the youth team now. And I was like, oh, fuck you, now. <laughs> <Because, laughs> I can't blame the 21s. Yeah, because the numbers have got so big with the first team, he says, listen, uh, you know, you've been with us and you've been really professional, but I've now got the squad together. And you, you get, if you want to keep training, it'll have to be with the reserves. And I was like, yeah, totally, get your point. And I was like, Devastated, but I was like, "Yeah, no, no problem. Understand." So then I trained with I was training with the twenty ones and the young lad, the young lads for a while, and then nothing really came up that was that great. I was meant to be signing for Aberdeen this summer, but then they signed a player the day before they knew I was available, and then the budget was gone. So I was devastated because Craig Brown was a manager who was a manager of Scotland, and he wanted me, and that's my boyhood club. I um, grew up in Aberdeen. That's my that's my the team that I support. So I was devastated, but then. And one of the boys that played with me at Dundee was now the manager for uh, for Dundee. He was the manager, Barry Smith. So he used to be a teammate of mine. He's now the manager. He says, you know what, mate? It, was, it got to like October time. So I hadn't played. 
And he's like, mate, just come up the road, like get back playing and get back enjoying it. I was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to do it. So I played 12 games. Uh, when I joined, we were second bottom. This is a championship. When I joined, we were second bottom. Played 12 games, scored four goals, was flying, got us up to second, and then Aberdeen came in for us again in the, in the January. Yeah. Right. And I had, a, I had a gentleman's agreement. I'd signed to the end of the season, but I had a gentleman's agreement with Baz, my mate. I says, listen, if any team comes in for me and I want to go and it's up, up a level, I'm like, I'm going, basically. I'm going. Yeah, no, no problem. And then so they came in and then I moved to Aberdeen for, it was about 18 months at that point. Yeah, so I had uh, 18 months there and then I had one more year back at Dundee. So I signed for Dundee three times. So it was three spells there. Um, but I got a year and a half in, in, in Aberdeen, which was great because I always knew I was going to emigrate. Obviously, my wife being Aussie, so to get home and to take our kids home, we've got twins, the twins home to our close to my family, my, my parents and my sister and their family, it was it just sort of worked out perfect. It was a, it was a really good way to sort of round off a career. I was 33, 34, um, and as I say, the club I supported, to, to get to play for them and to score a couple of goals for them was, 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 was great and uh, very satisfying. Although they, we didn't have that two great seasons, but it was still so good to have done it. Did you ever think? When, did you ever think well, once you got finally got back home from being because you've been you've been left since sixteen, haven't you? So you've been left sixteen, seventeen years. Do you not think to yourself, "I'm going to try and persuade her to stay here"? I think it was difficult. You know, <laughs> my wife moved from um, she moved from Sydney to Dundee. Fair play. You know, like, oh yeah, she's yeah, she, 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 she's all <laughs> one bless her, isn't she? She's all falling on a sword. Yeah, fucking play. You know, she'd been there. Uh, she'd been in the UK for twelve years. Originally, like obviously not originally, but from South America, so hates the cold as it is. So you know, to be in Scotland in the UK for twelve years and watch a football which she has absolutely no time for football, she prefers rugby league. Uh, to <laughs> Sounds like a sentence for murder. <laughs> so, fair play. So, I, I thought you know. Fair play, so um, I think she was because when I left Aberdeen, um, so we were going to emigrate then, and then Dundee came in again, and it was just like I could still travel to Dundee from Aberdeen, it's only an hour, and I could still stay in the house in the house we had in Aberdeen. So I says like, you know, you're right, we're staying for an extra like one extra year, and she's like, basically fuck it, we've been here for like eleven, what's an extra year? You know, yeah. and then and then we'll go, and that's that's basically what happened. Like so, so that was a perfect final swan song. Yeah. Then your, your third trip to Dundee, your third well, stint, but honestly, winning the league. It couldn't, it couldn't have been any better. I mean, we won the league on the last day. Um, it's the only the only medal I've got in my career. So to do it on the last day was was very special. You know, it was yeah, a you've got runners up medal, mate, and yeah, FA Cup runners up medal, uh, Scottish Cup runners up medal, but. You know. Did you not get one of Rangers when they would oh, not get enough appearances? Because of my injuries, I missed two leagues, two leagues and a and a cup. Oh, so it was a killer. Eh? Oh, uh, I was spewing. So it was um, the last day. So we had to. It's fucking mental. This last last day. So we had to win. As long as we won or drew, then the league was ours going into the last game. So we were a home game. We had every stand, and we had there was no away fans basically against Dumbarton. It was. We had the whole stand packed. Um, so we're playing the game. Managed to get up 2-0. We're like fucking cruising, thinking, yeah, we've got this, got this. Dumbarton get a goal back. And then our keeper makes a save in the last minute. An unbelievable save. Kyle Letherin, big box head. What I a play save. With Kyle. I play with Did Kyle. Play with Kyle? Yeah, yeah. He stared at you. He just stares at you, doesn't he? He's like, like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, he's a good lad. Uh, he had an unbelievable save. And then, so we got back into the dressing room. So it was a pitch invasion, won the league, back into the dressing room. And, and the boys were like, ah, did you hear the score in the other game? And we are like, ah, no. Nah. Hamilton had won 10-2 on the last day. So if Kyle didn't make that save, we'd have lost the league. Drawn. Oh, it was it was so bizarre. I was like, 10 I think I think fucking chops might have had a bit an answer in there that way. That's what everyone was saying. It must like, have been frozen. 10 to me. And I I didn't know this because I was on the pitch, I was proper concentrated, but the boys on the bench all knew <laughs> the scores. So everyone knew the scores, the fans obviously knew the scores. I just thought they were getting apprehensive because we were getting closer and closer to the title. And then yeah. gets back in the dressing room, 10 to me. So if Kyle didn't make the save with a lost to league on the last day. I'd, I'd have been, I'd have been devastated. I'd have been gutted. Like I think he got player of the year the next night just for the save, but he was there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. And that, I, because because we got promoted, like, I actually had another year. They put in my contract. If you get promoted, oh, you get another year automatically. But I'd like, I was thinking, fuck, I'm not going to better that. You know, it's nothing, nothing to prove in the Go Premier League. Played, go out on a high. I'm not retired through injury. I'm not retired through bad form. I don't think I've got anything else to sort of proven the league um, so just retire myself so it's really satisfying to have been able to do that because I know a lot of players struggle sometimes mentally when they've been forced to retire through injury or you know through I bet it didn't help when you come home from that game and your missus was stood at the door with a suitcase he's packed right come on <laughs> here we go sunglasses on Hawaiian <laughs> yeah, shirt yeah. on big sunglasses we <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, no, it was perfect. Perfect way to finish, and I'd done like the bonuses for the boys. Obviously, being captain at the start of the season, and says says to the chairman, I says, "Listen, if we get promoted, we want a trip away." And he says, "Like, where do you want to go?" I says, "I don't know." But I, I, at this point, I'd never been to Ibiza. I was like, "We'll go to Ibiza," and he's, he's like, oh, "Okay, no worries." They're obviously not thinking we're going to win the league, so we won the league. Went to this brand new hotel, so it was all inclusive. We booked it like the day before, landed the next day. Brand new hotel, had never had like that many guests, just open. A group of 20 lads, all inclusive, drank a place dry, mate. They're like, <laughs> they had to change their policies. They were saying to us, nah, nah, we can't. I said, mate, you all inclusive. We've signed the deal, mate, all inclusive. Battered them. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and after that, they must have changed it because it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was an unbelievable trip to finish. It was class. They do them and them all inclusives though. Don't they like you only allowed one one drink per time or something and it's half. Yeah, but these because these were new brownie, they didn't even know me. So they were like inexperienced at that. So we, we were just bottles, mate. Bottles constant, constant bottles, mate. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so how long after you finished did you did you head over to Australia? So I retired in the May 2014 and we emigrated in September. September. So not not long, a few months after. So I had um we bought a house here, like we, because I'd been coming here since 2002. When I left Rangers just before I signed for Cardiff, we bought a house and it was rented out. And then, so it was already just, it was all set. But as soon as I finished, we could just, yeah. just go like so. Are you happy? Yeah, man, I love it. It's the probably the biggest thing is I'm not involved in football. Um, and I sort of knew that when I was coming, when I, when I was emigrating, I knew it was taking a different route because if I'd stayed in Scotland or the UK, I'd have definitely went down the route like most ex-pros do, like go the coaching route. You know, try that at least. Um, I've been coaching here, so I've been coaching semi-pro level for for five years. It's very difficult to get a full-time gig. Um, so 
it's been a great experience. I've loved it and I still do it. But I sort of knew that when I came here, I was going to have to change career or do something different. And I've always had like a pretty open mind to that. And I think you have to, because if you don't, you can have, you can end up in real turmoil. And you can see it with a lot of players that, you know, they come to end their career and there's nothing nothing really there. And I think the, the PFA could do more as well, for sure, trying to help boys. And I, I know they do, but it still needs to do more, man, because there's so much problems with, with players when they finish and they have yeah. no purpose. They're not used to having to do, you know, something different. I mean, I, I came here, I ended up getting into, well, I came here for like, we'd been here for about two months. I ended up like, the kids, we've got the kids settled in school. And then I was going like down Bondi Beach myself, mate, and like trying to learn surfing. I was thinking, what the fuck am I doing? Like we're building this house. And I was like, I need a job, man. <laughs> You're a beach bum. So basically, I was thinking, and then I just, I just basically just gave it one day. I was just thinking, what the fuck are you doing, man? Get a girl. So I was like, started applying for roles. And then I got, I've been working like basically in, well, I started in technology recruitment and then now running a small sort of management consultant firm in technology. And I love it. You know, love learning new skills, but you've got to have an open mind because if you don't, you can, can be really tough. Are we going to get the get the five out, the five drinking buddies, night out, five players that you've played with? Who's on the I list? I know one. I know one. I know one who I might even put in as captain for him. McNaughton. McNaughton. McNaughton's got to be <laughs> captain. Hundred percent. Yeah, Kev comes in for sure. Kev's gets my mate, and uh, he's uh, he's a good he's a great laugh on a night out. Uh, yeah, really good. So but take care. For a skinny, like for a skinny thin oh. man, his staying power is um, phenomenal. <laughs> is that? Yeah, he's what bit- He gets steaming early, like he's he's drunk. Like after two drinks, he's, that's him. He's drunk, but he just <laughs> stays, stays at that, that level. level. <laughs> stays at that level. He just constantly and just keeps going and keeps going. I remember he went through a phase like all he drank was Jaeger bombs. That was it. Like we'd be having <laughs> every round would be a, a Jaeger bomb. That was all he would drink. <laughs> but he'd be like sip them. It goes to say he's like sipping them. He wasn't even making them. He's just sipping them. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so we've got our captain. I'd have Big Tomo for sure. Big Stevie Thompson. Just for the music. For the music, a bit of, bit of background music as well. But he's nuts, man. He'd be like, you'd be sitting in a bar with him and you just like a, a glass would go flying past your head. And you're like, what the fuck? He would just throw glasses or just smash them on the ground or smash them over his head. And then we get chucked out the boozer and then we go on the next one. I'm like, Tom, what are you doing? He says, ah, I don't know. Just, and then we just move. <laughs> next. Liven things up a bit. <laughs> he's nuts, mate. Yeah. Yeah, we no, need to get him on, Tom. We need to get him on here. Yeah, you know what I mean? He'd be good. He's, he's, he's good crap. Really good crap. You remember, um, was Josh McGuinness at Cardiff when you were there? No. I, Big Josh is another one. Fucking mental. Uh, good on a night out. Lively as anything, constant. I tough him. He loves loves it. He can throw a few shapes on the dance floor as well. He's he's good. He's good laugh. Yeah, take him. Oh, Scottish boys, man. Um, <laughs> Parky, I take you. You're you're no bad on night out. You're a better. That was man. a talking. Yeah. That was a talking pick. That I know, but I weren't <laughs> last pick. Four out. Four out of five. Four out of five. You know what? I'd, I'd probably take Kanija just because he, he had the long flowing hair, mate. Long blonde hair. We went to this nightclub in Italy. We were with him, and he was like, he was like a god walking into this place, mate. The whole place stopped. It was like he was legend. Getting you in. He can't speak much English, but we take him. <laughs> well, do you all? Solid five. Solid, Solid five. five. Solid five. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers, mate. 
God, mate, top man, pal. Top no, man, thanks for coming on, mate. Thank you. No, thank you. All the best with the, uh, with the endeavours. Yeah, I mean, yes. Appreciate it. Stay, stay safe and hopefully you'll be riding them 20-foot waves soon enough. <laughs> <laughs>the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hey It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.